My fiance loves books. My sister loves books. My dad writes books. My aunt's a librarian, and I hate reading books. Uh, oh, well, let's read some books. This is the Books Mail Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the first full-length episode of Book Smell Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Wagner. So, uh, I read Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, I will say that it took me a while to get started reading. I've, I'm, I'm notorious for not, well, I'm notorious for not reading, but I'm also notorious for if I do read, uh, I'm distracted. I just get distracted very easily from like, I'll have a TV on and that'll happen or like um, Buttercup, our dog or things like that. Um, they happen. And so and I, I take some while to get into it. Um, but I will say that I started about a week ago and it's done. So it took me about a week um, to go through Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, I had never read any of the Harry Potters. So it was new for me. I think well, I probably like read the first three or four pages uh, of the Sorcerer's Stone a couple years ago. I think that happened. I can't verify that. I think that happened. Um, but other than that, I had watched the movies a couple years ago, but um, not super familiar with a lot of the ins and outs of, um, of the books. So it was really fun to get to, to do that. So the way this is going to work is I'm going to uh, give some of my initial thoughts and then move into some of the characters I liked, didn't like, Things that I would have changed if I were the writer, which I realize saying that, that regardless of the things that have been happening in the news with Miss Rowling, she is is still an incredible writer. So there's not like there's anything I could do to like fix it. But some things that just came to my mind that I would have liked to maybe shift a little bit. Uh, and then I'm going to move and I what I do or what I'm going to do because... Let's be real. The last book I read was Tale of Despero, so I can't say that I do anything while reading. But what I'm going to do is I folded just various pages along the book, um, which I borrowed this book. So <laughs> the person who I borrowed it from, I'm going to unfold them for you. So don't worry about that. But um, just things that I thought were funny or little comments I wanted to make about the writing style or uh, things like that. So I'm trying to do this right. You know, I don't I don't read books, but I'm trying to. And regardless of what the name of the podcast is, which is Book Smell, uh, well, I guess that can go either way. The whole point of the name is that people think that Book Smell either positively or negatively. So, um, yeah, we'll move into kind of talking about some of my random thoughts as they went along. And then I think what I want to do is I want to actually take the Pottermore test during this podcast uh, to kind of do something different, break it up. Uh, yeah, so with that said, let's go ahead and get into my initial thoughts, which is that the world building in this is perhaps second to none. Um, I love when movies, particularly, because that's what I know, um, but I'm learning to love with books, they they take something that no one knows about and then like expands it to this great world and mentions things like at Star Wars is incredible with those like the first a new hope there they mentioned so many things that obviously like they had never taken place in our world world before we'd never watched them but like we believe that they happen because they really do such a good job of selling it and and describing things that are like well it has to have happened because they 
it's impacting them. So in Harry Potter, there are so many things, uh, especially when Hagrid is, is kind of breaking things down with Harry, um, where he mentions things about Hogwarts in the past or different sort of species that kind of have a bad rap or like I know he talks about uh, the, the Gringotts Bank and things like that, um, that that have history more than just this book. And I think that that really plays into the fact that this, well, it's, who am I to say that like, oh yeah, this book is, is going to be a huge hit because obviously it's a big hit. But I think one of the big reasons why it is so good and is so popular and is so like, has such a, a, a following and still does, like this book was written in 1997, I think, is that it took, it took the time to really plan out and set up all the different stories and all the different things that are going to happen later on. And I think that is inc- one thing that I wasn't a huge fan of, and this is such a small nitpick of 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 J.K. Rowling, and it's obviously like she knows how to write a book, and I clearly do not. But I think that the way that she wrote Hagrid's dialogue, and I don't know if anyone else agrees with me, it's very unclear half the time of what he's actually saying. Um, he used so many like nothing is spelled how it would be spelled, and I tried so hard. Like pronounce it and how I think he would sound and how I know he sounds in the movies and I couldn't do it like some of the words um there's some, I, I'm trying to find I'm trying to skim through it and see what I mean um maybe one of my little folded pages will will yield that for me but uh it, it was at times hard to understand what he was saying uh but I get it and he's a gameskeeper and that's how gameskeepers are so I don't I don't it obviously isn't a make or break but I would have maybe cleaned that up a little bit if I were J.K. Rowling, which I'm not. Um, other little thing, uh, what's well, a little bigger? I think there was so, to my point earlier, there was such good world building, but then there was a lot of confusion for me about the various professors and ghosts of the houses and things like that. So like, I think Peeves was a ghost of Slytherin maybe, but I wasn't, I wasn't like a hundred percent sure. So in my mind, like I couldn't necessarily like imagine what he would look like in their world because I didn't know a hundred percent if he was a human or a ghost or what that would even look like. And then I think someone had a cat. I don't know. One of the characters had a, had a cat who had like a human name. And so half the time I, I was like, is this the cat? Is this another professor? It was, and I don't mean McGonagall in the beginning. Like there was, you, you might know what I mean. There was an, another cat at some point, a Mrs. something. And yeah, I just wasn't 100% sure. Uh, but it's a big world. And so, you know, if I'm not able to connect or like figure it all out right off the bat, not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, yeah, and then my last little note here, which I already have mentioned, is that I loved all the brief mentions of old history and events, signifies how important and grand the world was, which was true. And maybe was my favorite thing about this entire book was just its self-awareness to not make it a like a, a one-time book it was like i want to know about this or i want to know what happened to these people so it so plays into like i said earlier it so plays into having multiple books and having this fandom that it does uh it's genius moving into some character talk i i really liked harry which is it's harry potter but I, I, I didn't know that he was going to be as bold as he was. Um, even early on with the Dursleys, he's very, very quippy 
with with his his cousin um, and with his with aunt and uncle, and it surprised me. Like in my head, and maybe it's just because I've I've never read this and I've seen the movie once or twice, but maybe it's just the way Daniel Radcliffe portrayed it or the way that they maybe like changed some of the lines. But I didn't. I need to rewatch it uh, for sure, and I probably will in the next couple of days. But I, I needed to, or I, he was, he had a bigger personality than I anticipated Harry Potter having, especially early on. And then as it goes along, like, I, well, he's such a troublemaker. And I didn't, I like, every single part of this, of this book, it's like, Harry, what are you doing? Like, obviously, you're going to be, you're incredible, and everyone knows that you're, you you know are the chosen one or whatever it is so excuse my star wars uh language but yeah i like if there's one word to describe him it was like bold because the way he talked to professors and the way he stood up to people i wasn't expecting that this early in the series and i loved it um okay moving on to ron ron didn't do a whole didn't do a whole lot for me um I'll move on quickly before I say this one other thing and say something I did like about the Weasleys, but I think he, in this, in this book, he's very just Harry Potter light. Like he's diet Harry Potter, you know, where like Harry Potter is like, for the soda analogy, it's like he's full of sugar and like gives you lots of energy and is the main thing that people love. And then like Ron is, is like, slightly flatter different taste but it's kind of the same thing and that's kind of what i was getting i I don't expect that to be the case as we go along and read more of these books maybe uh but in this one a lot of the times when they were together a lot of the lines that ron said harry would have said but not a lot of the stuff that harry said ron would have said if that makes sense not sure if it does but moving on i did love the whole weasley legacy uh like it's clearly like a ragtag family but they're legends you know and i think that to really counter counteract harry's even though he's from not his like his parents there's still a clear like this guy's like high even though he might not know it like hogwarts knows that he's going to be something huge and then you got like malfoy and obviously his family is a big deal and it's like like lives in the rich houses if they lived in america you know like up in the hills so i like i really enjoyed uh ron and his his twin brothers and even when they talked about charlie i just i liked that whole thing and i know that as the books or as the movies have I, as i've seen them they're in them quite a bit and i always like their scenes and so i think that really stood out to me was how she wrote the weasleys and all their relationships together was the way that ron really shined it wasn't with harry in my opinion okay hermione loved hermione awesome smart alec um girl you, you root for her instantly which is the same with with harry but it's different with harry it's like it's set up this huge like the first third of the book which maybe was one of the reasons why it took me a while to get into it because it took a while for them to get to the Hogwarts stuff, which is what everyone loves. There was so much of the Dursleys um, that made me lose interest a little bit. But with Hermione, you didn't get any of that background feel for her, but just the way that she was 
written and the things that like she was nice to people but was very stood up for herself uh, i wish i really really wish she was integrated earlier on uh, i was talking to my sister and i was like yeah we just met hermione she's like you just met hermione i was like yeah she doesn't come in for like a third or more of the book she's like oh yeah that's true um Oh, like the first little bit of Hogwarts is basically just Ron and Harry trying to get away from Hermione. But obviously that was a mistake because Hermione's awesome. Uh, <laughs> but I I think that once she joined their their group, the whole dynamic of their friendship was, was better and was more interesting because then Ron could play off of her and could be a little different than Harry. Whereas, like I said, when it was just the two of them, it was kind of like the same sort of person talking back and forth but Hermione really really uh shook that up uh she's maybe my favorite character Harry was awesome uh I like the Weasley twins I can't remember their names it's um I'm just gonna look it up twins Weasleys Fred and George yeah Fred and George are awesome but they're not in enough to be my favorite character they're up there but Hermione uh okay Hogwarts staff uh, I'm just going to go through these really quickly. Snape, which I, I wrote Snap here. Snape was, and I got into this in my some of my foldums. He was super catty and sour. And I know he wasn't necessarily the, the quote-unquote bad guy of this book. And it's funny because if you were just to read this, you'd be like, oh, like at the end, Snape's a good guy. But obviously we know, and I know from the movies, that like it's only a matter of time before he goes sour. So very sour, very catty. McGonagall, I to me she's always been maggie smith from the movies and so it was hard for me not to read her in like a maggie smith voice and i know that when this book came out no one knew that that was who was going to be cast in that role so for me it was maggie smith which wasn't bad i think she was a mix of hard but fair and loving which is good um dumbledore wasn't in this a ton i thought he'd be in a lot more but obviously he's kind of like the head guy and does whatever whatever he wants so I can't knock him for that. He's a busy guy. Does a lot of things. Uh, lots on his schedule. Lots on his calendar. But there was a few moments that I thought were weird where he was humorous, strangely. And I had a hard time imagining him saying, like when, when Harry asked him about what he saw in the mirror. And he was like, oh, I see myself eating something. I, don't, I can't remember what it was. But it was something that was like, really? Dumbledore would say that? Um, who am I to say? But I said it. Uh, and then Hagrid, other than the, the accent or the way that, that she wrote him, I thought he was super likable. Um, uh, he was really the, the thing that kept me interested early on because the Dursleys were just really getting on my nerves, the way they were treating poor Harry. Poor Harry. Uh, and there wasn't a whole lot of like movement in the story until Hagrid came. I was like, okay, like Hogwarts is here. Like, let's do this. So... The way his entrance was on that island was awesome. It's awesome in the movie. Uh, so yeah, for that, I mean, Hagrid gets major, major points to Hagrid because he was the hinge point in which I got interested in the story. Overall, I think all the characters really added something different than the others, other than kind of Harry and Ron. And I know that that'll change as they get older and they develop and they go off and do their own things in, in Hogwarts land and in, in the books. But, oh, yeah, Malfoy and Neville, Malfoy's fine. Like, we know he's he's going to be bad. Even if you just read this and hadn't read the other ones and hadn't watched the movies, you were like, this guy's a bad apple. So he was just a nuisance. Neville was annoying, always getting himself into trouble. 
that's another character where I always imagine him looking like the dude who plays him in real life in the movies, which is, what's that guy's name? Matthew Lewis, not exactly the most notable name, but yeah, Matthew Lewis. Always imagine him like that. Other characters, it was more made myself an image from the book, but them, it was so, it was Maggie Smith and Matthew Lewis for whatever reason. So to close out my initial thoughts, uh, I think that the story gave so much time to develop Harry's relationship to the various other players in the story. There was like little subplots with him and uh, Hagrid and then with Ron and with Snape and with Malfoy and with um, McGonagall even and Quir Quirrell, Quirrell um, that nothing, nothing, I look back and it's like nothing in there was wasted. Like even at the time when like Hagrid has his dragon and then they give it up. I'm like, this was the most point. Like, why did I just read a whole chapter about this dragon that then they just gave away? But then clearly it was a big deal that he had the dragon, got the dragon, talked about Fluffy, I think was his name. So I think that's a sign and it happens in movies too. And a lot of my things are going to go back to movies, but it happens a lot in movies where if you see, if you like, if something is mentioned or something happens and then they go off and you're like, oh, that's like has to come back in later. It's almost frustrating when it does because then it's like, yeah, I knew that it was going to, it was going to come back to like, to the story. Where then there's other times where like, no way this has anything to do with it. Like, why did I write, read this or watch this? And then it comes back and you're pleasantly surprised because you weren't expecting it to. Uh, I guess two more closing thoughts. Um, I would have loved if they wouldn't have had Gryffindor at the end. There's that whole scene where they're in the banquet hall and they're like 50 points to Gryffindor from Hermione and then 50 Ron, um, Ron and then Juan and then 62 Harry. I would have loved if they just let Slytherin win and just set up the next book that way because this is there's so many books here. Like you can have a book end in not a happy way. But then I also think, okay, well, she didn't necessarily know there was going to be another one. Or could plan for that. So I know she had it on a happy note. So I just refuted my own point. But that's not the point. The point is, for me, Slytherin should have won. Ended it there. Move on. Had that rivalry kind of stay there. Lastly, Cornelius Fudge is a name they mentioned. I think there could be a really awesome fudge shop called Cornelius Fudge. And only the people who got it would know. And the people who didn't get it would just think it's a cool fudge shop named Cornelius Fudge. Okay, Foldums. Let's do it. No so this is a trial run of Foldums, which is basically when I go through the book and I marked it since the beginning. A lot of these I'm probably not even going to remember what was the point that I was trying to make. So <laughs> I folded the first page, The Boy Who Lived. I have no clue why I folded this page. I think maybe it was to say that I thought the writing style was very British, but <laughs> and it is. Just the way that um, J.K. Rowling writes. I wonder why it's not, you know, she's British. So it makes sense. Moving on. That's the lamest way to start this. Okay. On page 25, if you want to follow along, um, the, it says, he liked, this is about Uncle Vernon, he liked to complain about things. People at work, Harry, the council, Harry, the bank, and Harry. Or just a few of his favorite subjects. If I were writing a book, that's totally something I would do. And I have done in different uh, writing projects I've done is to like make this joke of mentioning, he, he even did it in the intro to the podcast. Those are things I liked or things I didn't like, things I liked and things I didn't like. 
it's very much just a catty way of being like clearly the person is uh, not on board with whatever they're mentioning every other time uh, on page 28 something that, that was really funny is at the end when the snake scene the snake is 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 escaping and he's like Brazil here I come thanks amigo I just thought it was funny <laughs> on page 67 uh, it's a list of things that you need that are for the courses and I just thought it was really awesome how they have fantastic beasts and where to find them because even though I haven't watched the movie it's awesome to know that something that was just probably just randomly thrown in obviously in 1997 eventually came a movie I thought that was incredible on page 99 Ron is talking to Harry for the first time and and um, the Weasleys were clearly one of those old wizarding families the pale boy and Diagon Alley had talked about I think that's just funny because they are like a legacy family, but not in the way that Malfoy was talking about. Like clearly Malfoy has no respect for the Weasleys, but little Harry's naive and doesn't know the difference between high class wizarding families and low class wizarding families. <laughs> and then on page 103, what is this? Oh, um, it says Grindelwald, which is crazy that the two movies that have come out just recently are both referenced in the first one i thought that was really really cool on page 136 i think i just like the fact that hagrid wrote harry a really nice cute little letter showed him that he cared <laughs> i'm sure it meant a lot to harry i don't know was that what i i don't know i don't know that might have been it i kind of vaguely remember that being it but page 136 i read this like four or five days ago at this point so okay on page 154 they talk about how they're going to do a duel uh and then how you take a second and i will just say if there is a second bandwagon that i'm jumping on the last couple months that starts with h and has a huge massive following it's hamilton and hamilton there's a huge huge part of it where there's duels and like you grab your second and there are songs and stuff so uh that's what that made me think of Moving on to 156, it says, all right, but I mourned you. You just remember what I said when you're on the train. When you're on the train home tomorrow, you're so, and it's interrupted, and it says, but they, what they were, they didn't find out. But you think it's just a really clever way. At first, I was like, what is, did I miss something? And then it's no, it's just like, obviously, Hermione was about to call them something, but what they were about to be called, they never find out because they were interrupted by something that, uh, Neville, maybe? I don't know. Here, let's keep going. Okay, 179. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, 179 is the page that Hermione Granger officially becomes their friend. So almost two-thirds of, two of the way through the book. I wish it would have happened sooner. On page 203, I just like uh, all the Christmas stuff. And so I think I just folded that because there's all the stuff with Harry and Ron and then with the, the twins and stuff. And I think Harry seems to be very happy. And it's kind of like a calm before the big storm that everything happens with Voldemort and things like that. Or uh, he should not be named. So I really, really enjoyed kind of just reading something that's a little happier. Um, something to celebrate for Harry. And I thought that was a big, I think it was needed, really needed to get, kind of give the, the book some time to breathe. Flip it over to page 227. Oh. Uh, at the end of this of Nicholas Flamel, I think is how you say it. Uh, so it says, so you mean the stone's only safe as long as Quirrell stands up to Snape? Said Hermione in alarm. It'll be gone by next Tuesday, said Ron. Something about the way that 
she writes this, it like sounds like a sitcom, like right before commercial. They're like, oh, this is never going to like, oh, this has to happen, blah, blah, blah. And then like there's some quip about how the person like has no capability of doing it. And then the music hits and then it's commercial. That's what that made me think of. Okay, there you have it. The first edition of Fold Them. I don't know if I will continue to add in the Kenny Rogers music at the beginning. I just thought I'd do that today. But we'll see. Maybe it plays well with the audience. Uh, so before we wrapped up this podcast, first of all, I hope you I hope you enjoyed my takes. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed the book. Would love to read more. We'll probably put out a poll to see what I read next. I'll, I'll put... Um, I think Chamber of Secrets is next. I'll put that as an option. I'll put some other things out there, do some research, take some opinions, and then give you guys a poll to see what we want to read next. But before we wrap this up, I've logged in to Wizarding World for the first time. And I'm going to take the sorting test with the sorting hat right now, right in front of you. So first question, river or forest? Forest. What kind of instrument most pleases your ear? Piano, the drum, the violin, the trumpet. For sure the piano. Love piano. Choose a category to continue. Cats, toads, or owls? Definitely owls. Barn owl, tawny owl, snowy owl, snowy owl. Definitely. Draw, I didn't even look at all the options. Draw your wand and stand your ground. Oh, late at night, walking alone down the street, you hear a peculiar cry that you believe to have a magical source. Do you draw your wand and stand your ground? You draw in the shadows to await developments, momentally reviewing the most appropriate defense, blah, blah, blah. Draw your wand and try to discover the source of the noise. Proceed with caution. Keeping one hand under a concealed wand and an eye out for a disturbance. What was the first one again? How are they different? Yeah, I think I'm going to... Draw your wand and try to discover the source of the noise. Definitely that one. What are the mo- What are you most looking forward to learning at Hogwarts? There's so many things. Uh, all about magical creatures and how to befriend them. No. Find a broomstick? Maybe. Uh, apparition and just, I don't know what those mean. Secrets about the castle? No. Transfiguration? No. Hexes and jinxes. Every area of magic I can. Let's go with that one. A troll has gone berserk in the headmaster's study at Hogwarts. It is... About to smash, crush, and tear several irreplaceable items and treasures. In order, in which order would you rescue these objects from the troll club if you could? Oh gosh, a nearly perfect cure for a dragon pox. Uh, definitely near the bottom. Student records going back on definitely there. Strange runes. I don't know what that. Yeah, we're gonna go that first. Yeah, confirm order. Alrighty, moving on. Given the choice, would you rather invent a potion that would guarantee you glory? No. Love, maybe. Power, maybe. Wisdom. Hmm. Let's go wisdom. I think wisdom can give you power. I'm a pretty lovey-dovey guy, so I already have love, and I think wisdom can also give you glory. So it kind of encompasses all of them, except for love, but I take care of that. Left or right? Just in general? Right. I'm left-handed, but definitely right. Oh, the sorting hat is ready to make its decision. Continue. You're Ravenclaw. That was not... <laughs> I think everyone wants to be Gryffindor. And I'm almost positive I've taken this before. And I was a Gryffindor, but people change. Uh, I'll read this real quickly. You probably know that some of Ravenclaw's most renowned members include Gilderoy Lockhart and Luna Lovegood. 
I've heard that name. But did you know Raven's Ravenclaw's Grey Lady is the least talkative Hogwarts house ghost, or that Ravenclaw's common room boasts the most stunning views of the castle grounds? I did not know that. Share your house pride? No. Uh, I would have loved to be in Gryffindor. <laughs> like I said, everyone does. I'm not going to put too much stock into that. In fact, I refuse to. <laughs> so, um, there you have it for the first episode of the Book Smell Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let me know what you thought about the initial thoughts, about the foldums, about the sorting, what house you're in, all that stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm quote-unquote Ravenclaw with an asterisk because I refuse to accept that. So this has been the Book Smell Podcast, hating and rating books since 1997. The book podcast for anyone who hates books or anyone who hates anyone who hates books. It's all inclusive. It's the Book Smell Podcast. Oh, <laughs>